Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to the show. Um, Today, today we have Dr. Jim Dennison on. He is the co-founder of CVO of Dennison Forum. And let me tell you, he has done a lot, okay? <laughs> he writes uh, every day, I believe, and he can correct me when, whenever um, he comes on if I'm wrong. Um, but he writes a daily article. He does an email newsletter. And he also has a, po- a podcast globally that reaches about 220,000 uh, subscribers. Uh, he has a huge social social media following, about at one and a half million, with over four hundred thousand Facebook followers. And I say all this to say uh, that last week, in the middle of coronavirus, COVID nineteen, if you're a cool cat, and that's how you say it, um, one of his articles circulated, and I clicked on it, and it was right after that that we got. Um, a press release for him, and and I wanted to have him on the show because he gives a biblical perspective to these issues that we face on a daily basis. And I think with the media influencing us so much right now, uh, we're kind of listening to everyone. We're listening to everyone's opinions. I had to stop. You guys know I had to stop watching the news because just the constant opinions of what's going to happen, what's not going to happen was driving me crazy. Um, And now that we're living sort of in this world where we're dependent on the news, we, we, we also need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. So um, Dr. Jim Dennison is on with us today and he's going to talk to us about um, what does God say about what we're going through? How how do we combat this with the word? How can we stay at peace? So um, welcome Dr. Dennison to the show. How are you today? Autumn, I'm great. So glad to be with you today. Thank you for the privilege. I'm so happy that you're, that you're here. Now, the coronavirus has brought out a lot of different things. Um, one of the questions I know that I'm hearing a lot is why in the world would God allow this to happen? And I think when things like this happen, I remember this uh, question circulating a lot when 9-11 happened, you know, why would God allow such a horrible thing to happen? Um, you you kind of confront this question, and I want to just ask you um, straight out, why would a good God allow suffering? Why does he allow that? It's the hardest question we have to face, isn't it? It's because we believe things about God that are unique, really, to the Christian faith. We believe, first of all, that he's all-knowing, so he knew about this pandemic before we did. Second, he's all-loving, so we would assume he'd want to stop it. Third, he's all-powerful, so he could, and yet didn't. Other traditions, other religions, other approaches don't necessarily believe all three of those to the same degree that we do. So it makes this issue of theodicy or evil and suffering the largest question that Christians have to face. The good news is that the Bible gives us a number of different approaches, a number of different ways to understand this. At the end of the day, God's mind is higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours, of course. But there are some ways that we can understand this. One thing that I would immediately want us to understand is that God hurts as we hurt. He's not Zeus at the top 
top of some Mount Olympus. He's not some abstract entity. He's not living in a way that is apathetic to our concern. Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus. The Bible promises that when we go through the fire, he will be with us. When you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you need fear no evil for your Lord is with you. He hurts as we hurt. He suffers as we suffer. He grieves as we grieve. And I think that's something to keep in mind as we go through this. God is going through this. A second fact is there's a future we can't see in the present. Paul said in Romans 8.18 that we can't consider the present sufferings worth comparing to the glory to be revealed. There are things God knows that we don't, things he can see we can't. We're looking at the parade through a knothole in the fence. God sees it from the parade stand. God sees the entirety of all of this in a way that we can't. And that leads to a third fact. God deems all that he allows. I'm convinced that because God is sovereign, he must allow or cause all that happens. Because he's loving, he wants to redeem for greater good all that he allows. Romans 8.28 speaks of God working through all things for good. Well, if God allows anything, he doesn't redeem for a larger good. He made a mistake in allowing it, and God can't make a mistake. Now, I'm not saying I'll understand that redemption this side of heaven. I don't understand the technology by which we're talking together right now. I don't understand how airplanes work. I'm too heavy to fly, so how do they fly? But I do know that God is right now redeeming even this coronavirus, even redeeming AIDS or, or cancer or heart attack or Holocaust. He's redeeming for a greater good what he allows because he's that kind of God. We can trust him for redemption. We can turn to him for redemption and find in him the strength we need today. This is one of those things that cause people to fall away from the faith because they think, um, you know, I mean, if God really was redeeming this or if he really was that good, you know, why would my loved one die of this or why, um, why is he even, I mean, politically what's happened to our world financially, what's happened. Um, this is one of those issues that people are, they use as an excuse to step away from the faith because they don't want any part in a God that would, um, allow this to happen. What would you say to that person? That's like, you know what? I'm done. I am. I was on the fence anyway about church. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with this. If God's going to allow this, like I'm out. What would you say to them, Dr. Dennison? Yeah, I get it. First of all, you're describing my own father. My father was a Sunday school teacher before the Second World War. He enlisted in the Army. He fought in the South Pacific. Long story short, he saw such horrific atrocity that he never went to church again. And so I grew up in a loving home with no spiritual life and all my dad's questions. If there's a God, why is there war, science and faith, evil and suffering, all of that. I understand that. That's been my own experience. When my father died when I was in college, I shook my fist at God. Even Jesus on the cross cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To ask these kinds of questions of God is not only natural and inevitable, it's a sort of question that the Lord welcomes because he can deal with that. If we'll come to him and say, Lord, why did you allow this? Why are you doing this? Why are you, and why are you, why are you permitting this in my life? When we come to him in that way, we're positioning ourselves to experience his presence, perhaps to have some kind of answer or explanation, but even more to feel his grief, to feel his love, to feel his compassion, to feel his presence in our lives. So if someone's asking that question, I would tell them, you're going to the right source. Keep asking. The wrong thing to do is to turn away from medicine because you had a bad experience with a doctor. The wrong thing to do is to turn away from God when we need God the most. Let's allow this pandemic to draw us closer to Jesus rather than use the suffering we don't understand to turn away from a God we so desperately need. 
Uh, Dr. Dennison, I, um, I, just from your perspective, clearly you, you have studied the Bible for a very long time. What do you see God doing during this time? What are some things that you could, how, how do you see from your perspective, God uh, engaging in our world? And what do you think he's doing? Yeah, that's really the wonderful question. Thank you for that, Autumn. One of the things I've been encouraging pastors to do, I'll be on a pastor conference call with pastors from all over the world here later today and was on one yesterday with a large group of pastors as well. And one of the things that I'm encouraging us to think about is what are things God's doing now that we wasn't doing before? Who are people we can reach now in a way we couldn't reach before the pandemic? What are some ways that as people are more aware of their mortality than they were willing to admit a few months ago, as people are more aware that they can't see the future, future is really no more knowable now than it was last year. We're no more mortal than we were, but we know that. So right now in this openness and this hunger, how can we reach people in new ways? I think that's one of the questions we ought to be asking. Quick example, I know of a church in California that had 8,000 people in its online service before the pandemic. On Easter Sunday, they had 1.3 million. Wow. Our own website has doubled in recent weeks. I know a church in Houston, one other example quickly, they've been focused on families for many, many years, and the whole community knows that. Well, when overnight, everybody winds up with their kids at home, trying to figure out how to homeschool, what do I do about this? They started reaching out to this church because they knew of its reputation for family. And the church has had ministry with thousands of people they couldn't reach before. So the question we could be asking ourselves is, do I know somebody? who right now is more open to spiritual truth than they were, somebody who's grieving in a new way, somebody who's searching in a new way. How could I reach people I couldn't before the pandemic? That's one way God wants to redeem this for his glory and our good. I feel like there's so, I was even uh, talking to my my team this morning. I, I feel that there is such a tension, a supernatural tension between um, you know, just, just evil, evil and, and the supernatural powers of, of God right now. I feel, I can almost feel the war. You can see it. You can see it play out in the media. You can see those, um, the, the different articles that come out. And, um, I mean, the attacks against the president and all, all of this stuff is, um, you, you basically are watching a war. And I, I think we as Christians need to step up to the plate with hope with direction, with the Bible. Um, I want to talk to you just a little bit about this post-pandemic wor- world. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested to talk to you about this because life, I don't think is going to, now it might look the same on the outside. Yes, we can go to Target without a mask probably. Um, but on the inside, we have all been affected in one way or the other. If it's a mom that's staying home with her four kids and has to teach homeschool when she was working outside the home um, before, if someone lost their job, uh, there is, there is, I think, going to be a different call to us believers on how to live on the other side of this. Can you talk to me about that? And what should the individual believer What should they be doing now before the lockdown is lifted, before we're able to sort of go out and travel and do do whatever we want? um, How should we be preparing? 
That's the question, Autumn. That's the most practical question. Thank you for that. That's exactly, I think, the way we ought to be looking at this in this present tense moment, because you're exactly right. There is a, whatever normal looks like, it won't be the normal we had before. It'd be like asking, could we get back to normal after World War II? Could we get back to normal after the Great Depression? This yeah. is on that level of a sea change, isn't it? So it's going to affect us, already affecting us, not only emotionally, psychologically, relationally, socially, financially. I mean, this is the change of our lifetime. This is... Yeah. This is the massive thing that we just haven't seen literally since the 1918 Spanish flu. We haven't seen anything quite like this. So a wonderful question for Christians to be asking right now is, Lord, how can I be building relationships right now with people, earning the right to minister to them on the other side of this? Who are some people I could be helping with their hurts? Who are some people I could be reaching out to with their deeds? Who's lonely? Who's alone? Who needs me to reach out to them? Who needs groceries? Who needs me just to be a social presence in their life? Who needs to know that I'm praying for them? How could I be ministering to physical need, to felt need, so as to earn the right to be spiritual need? That's how Jesus did his ministry. As you know, he healed bodies to heal souls. He met the woman at the well and started with water and led her to living water. Who's that woman at the well that Jesus would put into your life? You can pray about that. Those listening to us could right now ask, Lord, who are you putting on my mind or heart that I could be building a relationship with now, earning the right to share your good news and your love and your grace when this is on the other side? How could I be building into their lives now for that time as well as for today? Um, I want to talk to you just a second about um, the looking at these things through a biblical lens rather than a lens of fear or a lens of intimidation. I've, I have just been really frustrated, I think, with um, th what's being fed to us through the media and stuff like that. Why is it important for uh, those of us believers that say, listen, the Bible is our cornerstone, you know, whatever, to look through these things that are happening and ground ourselves in the word of God and not the story on the news. That's the decision we have to make at the end of the day. We can either look at the world through scripture or look at scripture through the world, like a yeah. prism in front of us, you know? And when we look at scripture through the world, we're going to get this distorted vision of who God is, of what he's saying, of what he's up to. But if we'll look at the world through scripture, then we have the clarity of biblical wisdom, the clarity of the Holy Spirit's leadership. Then we can see the world as God sees the world. Then we can have the compassion of God. We can have even the power and the passion of the Holy Spirit working through us. So that's why you want to start the day with the Lord. That's why you want to get alone with God at the start of every day, spend some time in his word, spend some time in prayer and worship. Invite the Holy Spirit, as Ephesians 5.18 says, to control you, to fill you, to empower you. Ask the, the Lord to lead you and use you through that day. It's like plugging the drill in before you turn it on. It's like plugging the computer in before you start it up or putting gas in the car before you begin. As you start the day connecting with God and staying connected with God through the day, you will have insights you didn't have. You'll have thoughts that came from the Lord. You'll be led by the Holy Spirit. You'll have intuition. God will lead you in ways you couldn't have been led, and he will use you in ways you couldn't have been used. It's a wonderful thing to be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, how do you see the, um, how do you see the church culture changing after this post-pandemic world? It's going to be on, I think, three levels. On one level, we're finding things that we can do better. We didn't know we could do better, and we'll keep doing them. We'll keep reaching out to people online in new ways because people that didn't want to come to church are 
Sunday morning physically, can, can uh, follow anonymously. They can follow us through online resources and we can reach people in brand new ways we weren't aware of. I'm hearing of churches reaching senior adults more effectively who don't want to get out to drive, but are really appreciating the touch of social media presence in their lives and that sort of thing. So on one level, we're going to find and continue to do ministry in new ways as a result of this. On the opposite side of that, there most definitely are going to be some things we're going to have to rebuild. It's going to take a long time, I think, for us to be at a place where we can have the same level of physical proximity we had before this. And so many churches are built around that, whether it's their architecture or their way of doing ministry. I do medical ethics with Baylor Scott and White Health here in Texas and mm-hmm. following this very closely from that perspective. And I can tell you that we're a long ways away from the kind of therapies or vaccines that would make it completely safe for us to be in physical proximity. So I think it's going to be a long time before we get to the places where we have the kind of physical correlations and proximity we had before. But then in a middle level, I think you're going to find churches that are finding ways to to work with each other that are going to transcend this and are going to really glorify God. Jesus in John 17 prayed that we would be one so the world would believe the Father sent the Son. Well, I was on a conference call yesterday with 70 pastors from across a wide variety of denominations talking together about how do we reemerge, how do we reopen, what are best practices, how can we pray for each other. They were talking about churches that meet in the local school district there in the elementary schools, and the schools are closed to them until later in the summer. And so these churches are conspiring to find ways that these smaller churches meeting in schools could meet on their campuses, could use their resources. And we're finally God using this to draw us to each other, even as he's using this to draw us closer to himself. Uh, that's great. That's um, awesome. I want to talk uh, for a minute and I'm sorry. I feel like normally the, my interviews are more conversational. I just want to get out of this. There's a lot of fear, Dr. Dennison. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of um in the church, in the church, we can understand it from the world's perspective because they don't, uh, they don't know the Prince of Peace like we do. Um, this is an increasing problem. I just had a, a, com- a conversation with a, a mature believer a couple of days ago who won't leave their house, mm-hmm. uh, even to go to the grocery store, which is an essential business. Um, what do you say right now? How can you minister to those people who are no doubt listening? And they are they are completely incarcerated by their fear, and they don't see a way forward from here. What is that a wonderful practical question? Very intuitive question as well. I think it's on several levels. On one level, we're right to be aware of the reality of this virus. This is that serious. It's the sort of thing we've never faced before in that you can have it and not know it. You can have it and be infectious and not know it. There are all sorts of ways in which the kind of social distancing that we're doing right now really is essential. But on a larger sense than that, Christians can know this. Wherever the Lord leads you, he goes with you. The will of God never leads where the grace of God cannot sustain. So the thing to be doing is praying, Lord, where would you lead me in this? Where would you direct me? How would you use me? And know that you can trust him to be with you in that. I'm not promising that there won't be disease. I'm not promising there won't be sickness. The apostles went through all of that. Jesus' followers went through that. I'm promising you'll go with him and he'll be with you in the midst of that. That's a fear does not mean that we don't have faith. It means we take our fear to faith. It means we know where to face with our fear. So name your fear put words to it specifically right now. Say, Lord, I'm afraid of this. Bring that to the Lord. 
Ask God to lead you in that fear, to lead you through that fear. Ask God to give you not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and direction. And then pay attention to how he answers that prayer. It could be this conversation right now. It could be something you hear online. It could be something that the Lord inspires someone to reach out to say to you through social media or a sermon next Sunday. But know that God doesn't want you to live in a spirit of fear. Know that the Holy Spirit is more powerful than that, and he will give you what you need as he leads you where he wants you to go. Uh, can you also speak, Dr. Dennison, to those that have lost their jobs? I mean, the unemployment rate is out of control right now. Um, clearly, people, more people are filing every single week, and I don't even know what the percentage of unemployment is right this second. But there's a lot of people in the state of Texas and across the world um, that, will, that will hear this podcast um, and radio show, and they're wondering, um, how, how do I even begin? I've been out of work now for six weeks. Um, where do I go in the Bible for encouragement about just sort of um, putting, putting my, my life back together? How do I trust when I, when, I, when I don't see any signs of encouragement? There's no one uh, that are offering me a job right now. Where, where do I even send my resume right now? Can you talk to those people that have been hit really, really hard? I think of the oil industry here in Texas. I know they've been hit really hard. Um, just a word of ministry and encouragement to those that are desperately hurting. Maybe they're not scared, but maybe they have been affected, not in a health way, but, but in an uh, economic way. The first thing you'd want to know, obviously, and you're so right to ask this question, is the reality of this. I mean, this is a reality that we haven't seen literally since the Great Depression. They're saying this will be even on the other side of it, worse than the Great Recession was of 2008 and 9. This is systemic on so many levels, whether it's the oil business. We're seeing farmers plowing crops under because they can't get them to market. We're really at an early stage, unfortunately, tragically, of the financial consequences of what we're going through right now. We're, there's hope out there for vaccines. There's hope out there for medical things that could shorten the curve on all of this, could get us closer to some recovery sooner rather than later, and we can have some hope for that. But if I'm in that place right now, if I'm in a place right now where I've lost my job, I don't know where my next job is coming from. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this. How could God be redeeming that? How could be even right now the Holy Spirit working in the midst of all of that? And I've got these ideas I would mention very quickly. The first thing, obviously, but nonetheless, something I have to remind myself often, and that is to go specifically to God with us to be very specific, to say to the Lord, not just I'm hurting or I'm scared or, or I'm frustrated or I'm angry, but I'm angry about this. Lord, I'm worried about this. Lord, I'm concerned about this bill. Lord, I'm concerned about this financial reality. Lord, I'm worried about this tuition payment. Be that specific and go to God with this. Claim Philippians 4.19 where he says, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Trust him at that point and say, Lord, my need is this. Be that specific, be that direct with the Lord. Then the second thing for us to do is be open to all the ways he intends to answer that prayer. It may be that the new normal on the other side is a job like the one you had before. It may be he's using this to draw you into a brand new way of, of serving him, a brand new way of ministry, a brand new way of following him. It could be he's closed this door because he wants to open that window. Be open to new ways of God doing this. He may want to move you physically. He may want to move you vocationally. Be open to God's answers in different ways than you might have expected. Don't put them in a box that says, Lord, I want a job just like the one I had, or I want a job just 
just like this, or I want needs to be met just like that. Be open to all the ways that he's going to do this. And then as you do this, one other thing I would mention, if you will trust God in this hard place, your witness will be more powerful than you can imagine. It's one thing to trust God when things are going well. It's one thing to be public about our faith when all is good. But when we're suffering, when we're without a job and don't know where the next place is coming from, we're not sure what to do next, but we'll trust God anyway. It's that statement of Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That kind of faith is more powerful. That kind of faith is more persuasive than you can possibly imagine. People are watching you right now. You're preaching with what you're doing right now in a way that will make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. Yes, I love that. To all my listeners out there, you can find out more information about Dr. Jim Dennison at denisonforum.org. He has a lot of different things, uh, different resources that you can read, get a hold of, um, work through yourself. Uh, He's got a new book called Biblical Insights to Tough Questions, Volume 5, and it's Biblical Insights to Tough Questions, the Coronavirus Special Edition, which I think a lot of people um, would be interested in reading right now. Is there anything, is there any other way or any other resources that you want to throw out there, Dr. Dennison, uh, that you guys are offering right now? Yeah, thank you so much. We have the daily article, something I write every morning based on that day's news. It's all free because we're a donor-based ministry. Uh, but also if uh, those listening to us would go to the website, denisonforum.org, they'll see at the very top of it a banner there with a clickable resource that is the white paper that I update every week, which is the latest on the coronavirus, looking at it medically, financially, looking at it culturally, and ultimately spiritually. It's a way of helping Christians understand what's happening in these days as a means of equipping them, not only to face this themselves, but to use their influence more effectively for the Lord. That's available on the website as well. And I would encourage people to go there. I would, I want all my listeners out there to go there as well, especially those um, North Texas listeners. <laughs> you probably have heard Dr. Dennison, uh, maybe locally, but even I know clearly his ministry reaches globally. Go check him out. Be encouraged. Um, this is really amazing stuff straight out of the word of God. Dr. Dudison, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really, I really enjoyed your answers. I'm so glad for your candor and just the truth that you shared as well. Autumn, thank you so much. You're so intuitive and connecting with the culture and delighted to have the conversation with you. Thank you so much. And thank you guys out there for listening. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.